Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorers. Thank you for listening this week. Uh, please sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for free scientific information about how to enhance your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. Uh, today we're going to learn about how to metabolize a milkshake with your mindset why respecting your future self leads to more happiness, and why thinking about your favorite place can enhance your vitality. So please share this podcast with your friends and family to enhance their vitality. And let's start with a quick quote. And this quote is from Yoda. No greater gift there is than a generous heart. Again, from Yoda. No greater gift there is than a generous heart. All right, so let's jump into the mindset over milkshakes. Is this a possible way to lose weight? Now, uh, with each each podcast, you can also look at the Vitality Explorer Substack site, and uh, the data and the references and the, and the graphs will all be there. So can you actually change how you metabolize a milkshake with your mindset? Now, published research suggests the answer to this question is yes, and I think this is fascinating. But we have to start with a little physiology in, uh, in order to understand this important work. And that physiology relates to a hormone called ghrelin. Now, ghrelin is a hormone produced by your body as a signal to your brain uh, when you need to eat. So when your stomach is empty, you produce more ghrelin and your appetite rises. And when your stomach is uh, full, ghrelin drops and your appetite decreases. So there's, a, there's an interesting graphic I put up on the, on the Substack site. So again, look at Vitality Explorers on Substack and you'll see more of it. Um, now we can get, dive into the data that was published in the Journal of Health Psychology. Uh, the, the effective mindset on whether a person felt full, this is also known medically as satiety, S-A-T-I-E-T-Y, um, whether you felt full or not, um, after consuming two supposedly different milkshakes was investigated. The first was labeled as indulgent, containing about 640 calories. The second was labeled sensible, containing 140 calories. And blood samples were drawn before and after the consumption of the shakes um, and ghrelin levels, that hormone, that sort of the hunger hormone was measured. And the, the study went to the, the, the extent of producing these pretty cool, very realistic-looking labels. Uh, the indulgent milkshake said uh, you know, the tagline was decadence you deserve, and it was French vanilla, smooth, rich, and delicious. And the sensi shake, guilt, guilt-free satisfaction, uh, <laughs> zero fat, zero added sugar, 140 calories, also French vanilla. So again, you can see uh, screenshots of the these very cool lab labels on the Substack site. The interesting twist in this study was that both shakes contained the exact same calories, and they were 380. These were fake labels they used. And so then the participants thought they were consuming either an indulgent milkshake or a sensible milkshake. And the ones that thought, thought their mindset, they believed that they were drinking an indulgent milkshake, they saw their ghrelin levels uh, steeply decline. The ones that thought they were consuming a sensible milkshake had a relatively flat decline in their ghrelin levels. Remember, they're both drinking the exact same milkshake. This is fascinating, right? So the total calories, the total fat, the total sugar was the same in both, but just thinking you had an indulgent one caused your hunger hormone, ghrelin, to go down, all right? That's amazing to me. Now, this is new, interesting research. It hasn't 
you know, it was a small, smaller study, but the, they concluded the effect, quote, the effect of food consumption on ghrelin may be psychologically mediated and mindset meaningfully affects psychological, or excuse me, mindset meaningfully affects physiological responses to food. So why are your ghrelin levels so important? Also, according to the study, quote, elevated ghrelin levels can cause increased weight and fat through increased caloric consumption, decreased energy expenditure, and a shift away from the metallic utilization of adiposity as an energy source. So that's a fancy way of saying, you know, it changes basically uh, a lot of things in, in your in your system, ghrelin, and especially if, uh, the, the use of fat as an energy source. I'm still honestly trying to wrap my head around the findings of this, of this study. I think it needs to be replicated on a wider scale, and it also needs to be uh, studied in the context of weight gain or loss. But here's the big but. It seems that what we believe we are consuming, and if we, especially if we believe it is indulgent, uh, we react by lowering our ghrelin levels uh, than if we are consuming something that is sensible. So the next time I eat broccoli, I'm going to label it in my head or maybe even in some fake packaging as indulgent in my mind and hope my ghrelin levels plummet. So that's a very fascinating thing that suggests that our mindset changes how we metabolize a milkshake. So let's move on to respecting your future self and why that can Increase your happiness, health, and financial security. And again, you can find the details of this on the Substack uh, um, Vitality Explorer site. And you can also subscribe to a free text messaging newsletter via vitalityexplorers.com. Uh, and, I, and I encourage you to share this podcast with your friends and family if you find it inter- interesting and helpful. Uh, so, so back to your respecting your future self. So I would suggest we stop asking where we will be in five years. That's a classic, you know, interview question. Um, and start, start writing your future headlines for tomorrow, next week, or next month. Because I think five years is just a brutally long time for us to project what will happen in our lives, professionally or personally. By the way, did anybody see a global pandemic coming in 2018? Did anybody expect it to kill um, close to a million people here in the United States and six more than 6 million people worldwide in just two years. So I, I really suggest, especially with all that's going on in the world right now, that we need to focus on shorter time horizons. We need to focus on respecting our future self. And this is something I teach in my Stanford Vitality class, uh, which is going to start again in, in spring quarter of 2022 here. Uh, it'll be in April of 2022, and registration opens on February 22nd. So you can go to Stanford Continuing Studies and type in Alan Mishra, and you'll see the Stanford Vitality class um, that's going to be hopefully the best one ever. So in that class, we talk about thinking with time in mind uh, during the full four weeks of the class, and we talk about savoring our se- seconds in addition to things like stockpiling health and pursuing our peak purpose. But the study about the published data about the concept of respecting your future self is actually quite robust. Um, the data suggests we are happier when we are more closely connected with a version of ourselves in the future. So we should think more about whom we, uh, this is a quote from the study, we should think more about whom we will be in the future because doing so has profound consequences for our health, happiness, and financial security. So that's really interesting. So you just think about your future self. Have you ever considered your future self in a really concrete way? but it can have an impact on your health, happiness, and finances. So this is something that has been going on for quite some time. 
Um, Hal Hirschfield, a UCLA professor, I think he's now at NYU, expanded on the ideas of 18th century philosopher Joseph Butler. He thought we would make better decisions if we were more closely connected to our future selves. He used this intersecting circles to represent how close we are to our future self. The more overlapping the circle, the closer we feel connected. And there is a uh, graphic uh, on the uh, um, uh, on the Substack site that shows you these, you know, current self and future self and how closely they are connected. So I encourage you to check that out on the Substack site if you're interested, along with the abstracts from the articles that we're going to go over here right now. So he researched, Hirschfield researched the connection with our future selves and found a closer connection with better financial planning, better fitness, and better overall well-being. He analyzed a 10-year longitudinal data set consisting of almost 5,000 people, and he estimated one's perception of one's future self-predicted life life satisfaction. Now, here's the paper's primary conclusion. Quote, controlling for initial life satisfaction, greater perceived similarity to the future self is linearly associated with greater life satisfaction 10 years after the initial uh, prediction, a finding that was robust to a number of alternative analyses. So, Again, sciencey kind of discussion and basically saying um, your thinking of your future self is a very powerful way of improving your future self, okay? So our other research suggests that our future self becomes blurrier if we move past nine months into the future. Again, this is a different study, but you know, think, if you think too far in the future, um, you really don't you aren't as connected to your future self. This, this, I think, means we need to shorten the time frame by which we consider our future selves and aim at targets such as one week, one month, or three months in order to optimize outcomes. The action item for this particular Vitality Explorer news item is to begin today to consider your future self. Think about what you would like to be like tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year, and carry on a conversation with your f- future self. Become friends with your future self. Then write down the specific things you need to do to become the person you wish to in the future. So again, on the Substack site, I encourage you to check out the, uh, the references, and you can post comments there as well. And again, if you find this interesting, uh, share this with your network. The final thing we're going to talk about today is what is your favorite place? Where's the, where's the most amazing place you've ever been? Now, the reason for this is kind of complex, but it, it shouldn't be a person and it shouldn't be connected to a person, but more of a vista or a place. Let me give you an example. So for many, many years, I wanted to go see the Delicate Arch near Moab, Utah. I just was fascinated by the, by the pictures of it. Um, but I was blown away by the Delicate Arch when I actually saw it in person. So it's one of my favorite places, and I can close my eyes and, and see it in my head. And it's interesting when you do that, when you go to one of your favorite places in your mind for just a few minutes, it can enhance your vitality. So here's the suggestion. Um, Identify two or three of your favorite places you've ever been or favorite paintings or favorite vistas. Um, Close your eyes, go there in your head for five to 10 minutes, soak up the surroundings, enjoy the view, remember the wind blowing in your hair and just pause and and enjoy it. So, this is, I think, a zero-cost way of enhancing your uh, vitality. And the idea of distracting yourself from maybe a difficult present situation to improve your mental health, it comes from Viktor Frankl's book, A Man's Search for Meaning. So he, his favorite or one of his favorite vistas was the mountains where he grew up. 
and he would, even in the most difficult of circumstances when he was in a concentration camp, um, you know, he basically said, you can take away everything, but you can't take away the attitude or the thoughts in my head. And so even as he was being beaten, he would go to these uh, vistas in his head, and it allowed him to survive. So I think it's important. We can, we can choose to pause and think of a wonderful place that we have seen in our lives for a few minutes, and it may help you endure or survive your present uh, situation. Um, uh, on the this or on the Substack site, I posted a couple of other of my favorite places. You can check those out. Those are the Dish Hike above the Stanford campus and uh, the Big House at Michigan, which is the Michigan Stadium. Um, again, if you find this interesting, I encourage you to, to sign up at VitalityExplorers.com for the free text message newsletter that comes to your phone once a week, uh, and or subscribe uh, at Vitality Explorers um, online on Substack. So I hope everybody enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer News podcast. I uh, look forward to connecting with you again next week and from uh, for today, tomorrow, next week, next year, dare to be vital.